Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show for Monday, February 6, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and let's dive right into what's new in industrial automation by starting with a new article from ISA. And this article was actually submitted by a company I hadn't heard about before, Anaheim Automation. And it's about the five or six things you should consider when choosing an HMI. Now, I thought some of these things on the list were really good. I didn't think some of the things on the list were that good. So let's go through it and then I'd love to hear what you think. Do I have it right? Do I have it wrong? But the first item on their list, environment, yeah, you need to know, look, is it NEMA 4, NEMA 4X? Is it need, does it need to be explosion proof? Does it, is it ATEX rated? You know, what kind of environment is this going to be going in? Is it a food? Does it need to be food grade? Um, other things you got to consider too is temperature, right? What's the temperature going to be, right? Is it going to be in direct sunlight? So those are all important. For most applications though, it's like NEMA 4 and it's, and it's in a plant, right? But you do have the food uh, uh, installations where I know there's a lot of things that have very particular about food and being in a food grade installation. So um, that can be important. And then there's a lot of explosion proof out there too, right? So those are some of the things you got to consider. I do agree with them on that. Then ease of use is number two. Now, before you use an HMI, it's hard to know if it's going to be easy to use. In fact, you know, when you use one product a lot, like I've used a lot of a particular HMI, when I go and try other HMIs, it can be a little struggle for me because I'm so set in my ways using that one HMI. So easy to use, that's a tough one. I know if you've used a lot of them and then you have a choice between a brand, then you can pick the one that you find easy to use. But if, you're never, if you've never used um, the options that are being provided to you, it's going to be hard to tell if it's easy to use without really hours and hours of use, right? Um, next one, communications. That's very important because while all HMIs today seem to support Ethernet and Ethernet-based protocols, not all of them support every protocol. So um, while some do, not all of them do. And a lot of the modern HMIs have gotten rid of the legacy uh, communication ports, which which I think is a shame. I do know vendors like um, like Siemens and Mitsubishi, their HMIs, like the ones up on the shelf there, do have other ports besides uh, Ethernet, so that's good. But um, so that's very important. Life expectancy. I don't know about life expectancy. I I really don't know. Like if you were to ask all the potential HMI vendors for their MTBFs numbers, number one, would they give them to you? Number two, does that really tell you much, right? Because it's hard, you know, how those numbers are calculated aren't the same between all vendors. And when people change production practices, that can affect the MTBF, the mean time between failure. So I don't know if, you know, the MTBF from the last 10 batches is really a good indicator of how the most recent batch is going to be made. At least in my experience, it's, you know, product, product quality can vary, especially as we go through, you know, reshoring and offshoring and, you know, changes in management and price cutting and, you know, adding features. So um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to quantify. So life expectancy. And then um, I won't go through all the others, but in any case, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. How close do you think they came to, uh, uh, you know, identifying all five or six topics that you would consider when evaluating an HMI? Next up, we have an article uh, from WWT. Um, this is about four telecommunication trends to keep an eye on in 2023. At first, I didn't think this would be an article to bring to you, but after reading it, I thought there was some good stuff in here. Now, the first one is chat GPT. Now, I have not played with this. I have only heard rumors and, and stuff secondhand from this. But 
in my understanding of this technology, is this going to give us better chatbots? Over the weekend, I used some non-automation chatbots to get support for different things, and they were horrible. <laughs> they, I felt like I was back in the 90s. They were basically looking for me to type whatever I typed in. They searched it for words they had in their database, and then they told me, hey, try this. Well, that's not what I wanted. So um, if, if designers can put more intelligence, can design uh, systems more intelligently to give us better chatbots that really understand, you know, can parse what we're typing in. I don't want to say understand, but parse what we're typing in better and direct us closer to what we need, then that's all great. And I hope, I hope we see that. I really do. Um, AI-based and network optimization. Now, when I think of AI, I automatically think people are, other people are thinking Skynet, right? And we don't want that. <laughs> but, um, you know, if we're talking about AI, like the way Elon Musk presented it uh, about how the, they teach their cars how to drive themselves, then yes, that's a good thing. It's, it's really coming up with great, complicated, refined truth tables is one way to look at it for their software. So it knows in this situation that that is a bike that's crossing the road and so you need to stop. Or is that a bike mounted to the back of a camper that is traveling with the camper and you don't have to stop, right? So this is the kind of truth tables, just very, very deep in depth training or truth tables so that the software makes the right decisions. And this would be great in cybersecurity, right? So right now, cybersecurity can be kind of like a pass-fail type of situation, which is great, right? So trust no one. I like zero trust policy. Only let through the, the data you want. But when it comes to troubleshooting, wouldn't it be great to have some more intelligence? I know a lot of companies have worked on this. I know a lot of companies, they automatically, all the alarms from their devices go to their HMIs. And so we are pretty far down the road on this. And I love to see that get even better, especially with our network switches. I'd love to get more of that intelligence automatically. You know, hey, not only do we have an error, not only does something turn off, but more information about that, right? Like more intelligent information about that so we can make better decisions. Um, 5G and ESG. Now, ESG, right? Whenever I hear that, I get a little triggered because I'm thinking virtual signaling, right? Because most of the ESG initiatives I've seen have been all about virtual signaling and not about substance, right? So as human beings, I think we all can agree that pollution is bad, waste is bad, discrimination is bad, right? And that everybody should have an equal opportunity to succeed, right? So, um, you know, so, so I think we all agree on that. So if we can use things like new technologies to bring, bring broadband to wireless and do that by, re and by reducing the power consumption over what we did with 4G and 3G, that would be awesome. And it would really change the world as much as putting a, a little camera on a cell phone has changed the world, right? That said, it has to be done safely. We don't want to rush too much into new technologies before they are tested. We're seeing a trend of people jumping on the latest thing without fully testing it. And the, the consequences are always dire. So I do think this is, it could be a very big positive, but I also think that um, we have to do it in, in, in a very conscious way. And then networking as a platform, I won't go through all of this, but if you think these type of topics are something you would like to read about, check out this article. They also had another article WWT did about the middle mile of networks, right? And uh, just to summarize, I think this is a great thing to talk about because today you probably have a really good control over your internal network. I hope you do. And I hope your vendor, your cloud-based solution provider or vendor has really good firm control over their internal network. But what about that network you're using between your two sites, right? Are you using the public global internet? 
which anybody can get on and anybody can hack? Um, or are you going to find a service provider to kind of fill that, to give you a tunnel between the beginning and the end and actually use their physical networks to get from point A to point B? Kind of like the old lease line mentality, but this time going across the internet. So I just thought this was very interesting. I would like to see more of that. You are not vulnerable to attacks from the entire world if you're not using a tunnel that touches the entire world. So that's kind of what I took out of it. Uh, you'll, of course, all the links to this article and all of them are over at automate.news. So if you uh, have a different thought, you can read this article and see if you uh, agree with them or agree with me. And of course, you can comment on every morning's post over at theautomationblog.com. With that, um, we had a great article here over at Electromate. And this was about uh, kind of an introductory guide to brakes and clutches. I thought it was really good. I've not seen a lot of applications for them, but I know in some industries they're a necessary must, especially with if, if you have a high inertial load that needs to be stopped quickly. Um, and so it's down right now, but hopefully they'll have it back up soon because it was a really good article. Then we have this article over at DigiKey. Now, I thought, you know, they have these great articles that really jump into electronics. So if you want to know more than just sourcing and syncing, if you really, really want to get into it, because I have an electronics degree and background, so um, I always gravitate towards these. And uh, if you do too, you might find this interesting. Not only do they cover uh, uh, um, the uh, PTC cameras and ICs, but they actually get into motion control and steppers and electronics. So if you think that's something you would find interesting, I recommend you check out this article. I thought they did a great job. And it, it's, it's really a, a, a little bit of, uh, you know, food for the mind. So with that, let's go to our next uh, item. And this is a uh, newsstand release. It's in Tara's uh, monthly newsletter. And I really appreciate it when vendors put their newsletters online as well as email them. I've signed up to a ton of email newsletters and I haven't had a chance to open a single one yet. So being able to see it on their website, I think is just a better solution for me and for many, maybe many of you as well. But in any case, they're focusing on vision for robotics. And of course, you know, they're promoting their switches in those situations. And of course they have a featured product. They have some different case studies and flyers for you to look at in this month's newsletter. And from there, we go over to our product spotlight. Today, I'm spotlighting my PanelView Plus course. It comes in two different versions. It comes in a $50 version, which is the full course, plus lifetime access, plus support from me. So if you run into any problems, you can always post it on one of the lessons and I'll answer it. I check every morning for questions and I try to answer everyone every day. Um, with that said, if you want to get the next gen course called Ultimate PanelView Plus, then uh, you can pay for the $69 version. You get the next, next course completely free, and that's going to really be a deep dive. I'm excited. I'm going to try to cover every single thing I've ever done with the PanelView Plus in that course, which I'll begin filming in the winter. So, uh, But I'm excited. I'm looking forward to doing that because I think I've done over 100 and or 200 videos and blogs on the PanelView Plus because I started using it from the first day it came out, actually in beta. So it's a product I know pretty well, and I'm looking forward to redoing this course. With that, for the downloads today, we have a new edition of SciTop Manager. So if you're using a SciTop power supply from Siemens that has a communication port, SciTop Manager will, uh, is a software you will use with that. So I want to let you know that there's a new version of that available. And also, as far as our audio video file of the day, I chose this press release from AMT, the Association for Manufacturing Technology. We've had their articles on, our, on the show many times. And uh, they announced that they're merging with 
SVR, who I've never heard of, but that stands for Silicon Valley Robotics. And at first, as I'm watching this video, I had no understanding of what they were doing. I'm like, what are these two entities? They're so different. But as they get towards the end of the video, it really starts to come together of why they would want to work together. Because not only are they trying to, you know, Silicon Valley Robotics, trying to encourage people to, in the U.S. to start using robotics. Now they're getting to the point where these companies need to start manufacturing complete systems. And so AMT is a perfect fit for that to help them with that. And so it was great to hear how deep AMT goes as well with all their research centers and whatnot. So that's our audio video file of the day. And now I want to go over to our tech tip today. I will show you how to use the free news simulator that came in, started coming in CCW in version 12. Now, I also already have an article completely on this that I published back in uh, June of 2019. You can see it right here. And uh, it goes through all of the steps. But I did want to do an updated video that would be more current. So let me go ahead and switch over to my VMware. And here you can see I'm running CCW 13. I believe it jumped from 13 to 20 and then to 21. Um, I didn't see a lot of big differences in those 20 and 21. So I just spun up the VM I use all the time and that happened to have 13 on it. Um, so again, this feature came out in 12, but uh, I'm using 13. So I'm just gonna go ahead and create a brand new project here. And I'm gonna call this, we're gonna call this Automation Tech Tip. I believe this is number 04. And um, if this was gonna be something complicated, I'd make it available to download, but you're gonna see here, it's so simple that there's no reason to. So I'm gonna come in here on the controllers. And here's the thing, right? Unlike the RS Emulate that we showed you earlier, whether it's five or 500, where you didn't have to make the program match the emulator, this is more like control logics where it has to, which is kind of sad because if you look at what Siemens does and what Alan Bradley did in the past, you didn't have to make, you didn't have to choose a specific simulated controller to use it in the simulator. So um, in case we, we're going to use what we have here. And so we're going to choose the Micro 850 Sim. So if you have, and I say this in the article, if you got a program for an 830, you would have to convert it to an 850 Sim. And of course you'd want to save it first with a new name before you did that. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and choose the 850 SIM. I'm gonna select that as my product and I'm gonna add it to the project. And uh, we'll just give it a moment to open up and then we'll see our simulated PLC. Now at this point, if I want to add in any modules, any uh, plugin modules for it to simulate, I would do that now. And this, I'm just gonna keep this short to keep it quick. But in any case, the first thing I need to do here is, um, you can see I'm in the logics view. You know, I'm gonna put my glasses on because it's the text is a little bit small there. And um, you can see this is what would look with the default view. And they added this logics view to give you more of a, uh, a you know, Studio 5000 RS logics look. So in any case, I wanna show you something cool here. So if we go to the default view, I'm gonna do it the way I teach it in my course. That's the standard way. I'm just gonna add a new ladder diagram program. It comes in as program run. I'm gonna leave that. And um, I like to create my variables before I create my code, but you can do it either way if you want. I call this PB1. You know, let's just create one variable there. Instead, I'm gonna go back to my program. And you can see here I have a, uh, what they call a direct contact. They also say examine if closed if you're, so that's something new, right? If you're used to using RS logics, you will know examine if closed, XIC. So I'll put that there. And then it's gonna say variable selector. And I, I could create my uh, a new variable here, but I'll just choose PB1 for now. Okay, and then I'm gonna choose a, a coil, which is also, they call it a direct coil output energizer, OTE. 
So I'll put it in here. And now I'm going to create a new one. I'm just going to call it PL1 for pilot light one. And that's what I'll select. And these are the local variables. Okay, so down here there, or you could think of them as program scoped variables. Okay, so here I go. I got my very simple program. Let's see if I can, I thought there was a way to zoom in. Yes, control scroll wheel. Okay, now if I go up here, that's how it will look if it was a micro 800 program in the default view. But if you go to the logics theme, you'll see, oh, we'll go back over there. Now we see task, main task, program, program one, local variable. So this side doesn't look too much different. Okay, but you can see here things look a little bit different, especially the coil or output. All right, so with that done, how do we simulate it? Well, let me go ahead and build it first to make sure there's no errors. So we'll give it a second. This is like verify all or verify project in RS Logics. You can see here one succeeded, zero failed, so that's good. So now the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Tools, and I'm going to go to Simulator. And this is where um, the simulator will come up. And I'll power the simulator on. This is kind of almost like RS Logic Simulate. And this is where I get the notice. Because I'm using the free version, the standard version of CCW, it's only going to run for 10 minutes. So you're going to keep that in mind. If you're going to simulate things, this is usually good enough. For like if you're taking my course and you just need to practice some logic, so you can turn it off and turn it back on and restart it and then um, get another 10 minutes. But, um, you know, if you're going to be simulating something, you know, at work for your business, then you'll probably want to purchase the developer edition to get around that. So with that done, now what I can do is I can download, okay? And we've already showed you how to set up RS Links. I have RS Links Classic set up, and I already have the Ethernet IP driver set up. I have all the PLCs in the office shut off um, because the heat's on full blast. We don't want to trip the breaker. That's one of the things we got to change this, uh, this spring is, is uh, kind of bigger feeder here. But in any case, I'm going to choose the only thing that shows up, is that's my simulated PLC. So with that, I'm going to click on OK. And we'll just give it a minute. And uh, it's going to say, hey, do you want to overwrite the program that's already in there? Oh, yes, I do want to download over it. I was doing a test program earlier this morning. And then it'll finally come back and say, hey, you want to go into the run mode? And of course, I'm going to say, yes, I want to go uh, back into the run mode and run the project. And it gives me the warning, the 10-minute warning again. And in mere moments, we should be able to uh, see this. Now, I'm online, right? I'm going to try to toggle. Uh, this bit, control T, just like in Studio 5000, right? And this comes on, okay? If I tile the input off, it goes off. And so um, that's great. Now with the inputs, unlike the emulator, with the inputs, it won't let you just toggle them on because it's simulating scanning the I.O. So the I.O. for the inputs are getting updated know, every 10 milliseconds or whatever. So um, if you toggle it on, it'll go right back off. If you toggle an input bit on, it goes right back off. So that's what you need to start looking into. Can I do forcing and whatnot? But with that, that is the tech tip for today. I hope that helps. Again, if you're using the CCW and you want to simulate your code, or if you're taking my course Nano Basics, this is a great way to do it free of charge. And with that, let's go back to our uh, next topic here for the Daily Show. And this is the Community Corner. So if today is your birthday, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Or maybe your birthday was over the weekend. I want to wish you a very happy birthday. I hope you have a great day or had a great day. And I just want to celebrate your birthday with you this morning. And now if you are connected with me and have your birthday in your profile, you will show up on my birthday celebration list at LinkedIn. And... Uh, I want to wish you all my connections a very happy birthday. And that includes Eduardo, Adam, Joseph, Benjamin, Christopher, Drazen, 
Marissa, Kevin, Michael, Shahid, uh, Brent, David, Alberto, Jose, Sudip, John, Shubadip, Pratik, Jonathan, Dan, Yosef, Michael, uh, Chago, uh, Darira, Mike, Muhammad, Travis, Apuescu, Colby, Everton, Doraval, Javine, and Rahish. So, I want to wish you all a very happy birthday. And I apologize. I know I did not do a good job in some of those names, but um, I still want to wish you a very happy birthday. And from there, I want to go over to automation.locals.com. Remember, this is the community site that you can join for free and read, follow everything I do. And if you want to join for the supporter uh, level, which starts at the price of a single cup of coffee a month, then you can create your own posts, you can ask questions, you can comment, and you can also send me messages right here. So I want to thank all supporters, the supporters who support at the base level and those who choose higher levels. I want to thank you all. We really appreciate your support. And uh, we really enjoy answering any questions you post. So feel free to post them. We did have a question come in over at the automation blog about uh, Parker HMIs. Never used them. I had to write them a nice letter back saying, hey, I'm really sorry, but have no experience. Usually I would have sent them over here, say post it here, and I'll answer it there. But not even going to waste this time because I've never used the Parker stuff. So with that, we'll move on to the next topic this morning, which is a reminder that if you think I missed any news today, then you can send me a news tip right here using this form. Also, I did want to say that I put a lot of work into updating this uh, this uh, sponsor page at the Automation Blog this weekend. Tried to update all the uh, icons and, and, and thumbnails and, you know, I still have some work to do. I still have to add the products to the store for the sponsorships, whether you want to sponsor a product, a lead story, or just be a daily sponsor, like the, the way uh, companies sponsor uh, public uh, television. So um, I'm going to put those products in probably tonight or tomorrow night. But uh, in any case, um, just wanted to let you know. So if you have a vendor you talk to on a regular basis, you know, put a bug in there and say, hey, why don't you sponsor the Automation Morning Show? We have actually, we have uh, several uh, openings that we'd like to fill. And so we're looking for sponsors to help us fill those openings. And with that, I just want to remind you that everything we talked about today, every single link, whether it's to sponsor or to automation.locals or to uh, buy a coffee cup or other swag to submit news to every news story we covered today is here at automate.news including the link to the article i'm going to start writing as this uh, video starts rendering and uploading so uh, we do do a, a text version of the story every morning so with that i just want to thank you all again for tuning into the show taking time out of your busy day to spend a little time with me and i want to wish you a very happy safe and healthy day and until next time, my friends, peace.